This is a podcast for Functional Ecology, a British Ecological Society publication. Hello, I'm Emma Sayer, I'm Senior Editor of Functional Ecology, and I'm talking today to Kelsey Shaw, who's been nominated for the 2021 Haldane Prize for her review paper, Re-Emphasising Mechanism in the Community Ecology of Infectious Disease. Hi, Kelsey. Hi, so nice to be here. So you're a PhD candidate at Emory University in the States, um, uh, but I understand you have a veterinary degree. What was it that motivated you to move towards disease ecology for your PhD research? Um, Actually, I would say it's quite a combination of circumstance. Uh, When I began veterinary school, I did not anticipate that I would want to do research really at all or even long term. Um, And then as I was looking for something to do in my first summer of veterinary school, I saw that there was a research program hosted at Stanford for veterinary students to gain basic science research experience. Um, And I thought to myself, well, that sounds kind of interesting. And, you know, I was in New York at the time. The idea of being in California for the summer was very appealing. Um, So I applied and I went there and I worked uh, in the lab of John Boothroyd on Toxoplasma gondii. And that summer was just extremely illuminating. Um, I had an amazing time. I worked with a great postdoc mentor, had a lot of fun, learned really what basic science research was because I hadn't gotten to do that in undergraduate. Um, And, you know, I kind of left that summer thinking, wow, that was really great. You know, maybe I'll do something along those lines at some point in the future. Um, but kind of continued through vet school, thinking I would enter clinical practice after, which I did. Um, and then once I was out of school and, and in clinical practice, I really realized how much I missed that research experience um, and that I wanted to go back and really do that as the bulk of my career. Um, and so having had a little bit of uh, research work in sort of a few different aspects of infectious disease, um, because later in vet school, I did some trypanosomiasis work. Um, I knew that that was where my heart lay, uh, where I could do work that was both basic science, but related to human and animal health. And so that's what I looked for for my graduate program. Okay. So so that was the, um, I guess, the appeal of studying parasitic flatworms, that, that it, it's a useful thing to study. Yes, absolutely. I think um, the schistosome system that I work in was really incredible for two reasons. Um, One being that, of course, there are a diversity of parasitic flatworms that can impact human and animal health, um, which, you know, I think I could have been interested in any kind of study system, but it's a nice bonus to think that I'm uh, still in the human and animal health realm. Uh, And then the other thing that really attracted me to the system were the types of open questions that I saw there that I wanted to work on in my PhD, um, such as host factors that impact transmission or uh, how the ecological community comes into play. Great. And obviously you've you've written um, a great review paper about the subject and it's it's one of our... um, I guess, synthetic um, style reviews. And of course, that's that's quite unusual. A lot of people don't really know um, what goes into one of these um, integrative or synthetic review papers. And PhD students are m- more often than not encouraged to write more of a summary of the literature um, mm-hmm. in the, their field. Um, so how did you go about writing an integrative review? 
And and what do you think is the main advance that has come out of it? Yeah, that's a great question. I should give um, my grad program a bit of credit in that they actually do push us to, to go beyond just a literature review um, when we are doing our qualifying exam. So I think it's great that we're pushed to sort of look for um, new avenues to discuss or how to bring different ideas together when we write these types of papers. For me, I knew I wanted to do something in the realm of diversity and disease. That was an area that caught my eye early in my graduate career. Um, but it was an area that had sort of a lot of disagreement at different levels, um, had a, a lot of other reviews that were out there. And so I wanted to take a new tact. Um, and so really, I just went back and forth with my uh, PhD advisor, Dave Civitello, different ideas, how we could approach this, um, how I could sort of find a new element to explore. And that's where we came up with um, this idea and this review in which really the main difference from some of the other work that's out there is that we have this focus completely on how uh, species that are not hosts for any given parasite in a system can influence transmission of a parasite to its hosts. So other work um, has uh, brought non-hosts in, um, but really focused more on hosts that are differently competent. Um, but we wanted to fully focus on this area that we thought was a bit neglected. And then also wanted to appeal to the idea of mechanisms of ecological interactions. So not just presence, absence, you know, what species are there, but how are they interacting and how exactly do those different types of interactions influence things? Great. Um, yeah, well, it's, it certainly works because obviously you've been, you've been nominated for the Haldane Prize. Um, <laughs> and and you're, I, I guess it's also quite timely because your review focuses on the basic reproduction ratio of parasites. So this, um, I guess, um, R value, yes. Yes, and, yeah. Um, yeah, and thank, thanks to the, the COVID-19 pandemic, the, the whole concept of the R value as a measure of transmissibility um, is probably pretty familiar to a lot of people. Um, but perhaps you could, you could explain very briefly why non-focal species are so important in altering transmission rates? Yeah, absolutely. So yes, uh, for better or worse, I think a lot more people understand and are not value now. It's really just a shorthand way of um, having a thought exercise of thinking how many secondary cases would arise from a singly infected individual that arrives in a fully susceptible host population. So it's a way to think about how quickly a disease can spread, um, but you know there are many caveats to how we think about that. And the reason we chose R naught as a way to kind of scaffold uh, this paper is because R naught uh, incorporates these various different factors of both both hosts and parasites that can impact um, this type of transmission and spread. And so, for example, we can think about um, host recovery rate as a host factor that's in R naught in many of its forms, um, or parasite virulence. So there's nothing in R0, at least in most of its derivations, that have anything to do with non-hosts. However, we can take this relatively simple equation that, you know, we have different forms of for different types of transmission, and we can look at it and do a bit of a thought of experiment of, okay, so given a non-host is around, maybe a non-host impacts exposure rate to a host. 
um, because let's say, for example, that non-host is a predator of hosts. And so by a predator being around, a host um, doesn't move about as much because it's trying to avoid the predator, but then that makes it easier for the parasite to find the host. So again, this sort of what seems like a completely removed uh, interaction of predation actually plays into the transmission. And by looking at the R0 equation, we can easily predict whether uh, changing that one factor of exposure would either increase or decrease transmission in that system. So it's really just a convenient way to start to quantify the impacts of non-hosts on transmission, in particular because non-hosts can have multiple simultaneous effects on hosts, and those could um, different effects could cause R0 to either increase or decrease. So having a way to have those sort of parsed out and see how they each contribute to transmission is really convenient. So, so which of those um, different mechanisms um, by which non-focal species can influence parasite transmission do you think is the most important? So, for example, from your own work on schistosomes, um, so, or, or perhaps which one requires much more research? Yeah. So I would say that it definitely, which would be more important, is likely different in every system and likely even different in different you know, populations um, within the same host parasite system. For myself, I study schistosomes, which are um, a parasitic flatworm that has to cycle between human and snail hosts. And I do all of my work on the snail side of things. Humans um, and snails. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the species I study, at least, goes between humans and snails. And the the interface where uh, both humans and snails get infected is the water. Mm -hmm. So these worms are in humans. Um, humans either urinate or defecate into water bodies. Um, and they release eggs, which quickly hatch into this free living life stage that seeks out a snail host. So this parasite is in the water searching for a snail. And then similarly, when it emerges from the snail after uh, further development, it's in the water and looking for a human host. Um, so right away, that leads us to a way in which non-hosts can impact these interactions uh, via the decoy effect. So these um, parasites are actually quite genus specific with their snail host. They really have to go into um, a specific genus of snails. But there can be other snails around that are completely incompetent, cannot um, allow this parasite to mature, but the parasite can't always distinguish between a host and a non-host. And so it goes over to this other um, non-host snail, this decoy, attempts to infect it and would fail, but also would die in the process. So right away, these non-hosts uh, very clearly can have an effect by acting as these sort of sponges to soak up parasites out of the system. Um, that's one that's, you know, quite clear and easy to think about. Something I've been really uh, interested in and exploring is how non-hosts who are resource competitors can influence these dynamics. And here it gets a little complicated. Um, host snails for the schistosomes have a very interesting relationship uh, with the parasites in terms of their body size. So the bigger a host snail is, the easier it is for a parasite to find it. However, it's more difficult for a parasite to successfully infect a larger snail. Exactly why, we're not sure, but likely has to do with um, immune maturity in some way. And so host size really matters. But if suddenly you have a lot of non-hosts in the system who are eating all of the good food, 
suddenly our hosts might not be able to grow as big. So their size may change over time. And the across the population of hosts, their size structure may change, um, which could then influence these transmission dynamics because of what we know at that individual host level. Um, so my interests really have moved into these more complicated um, ways of looking at this across different scales from individual hosts to populations and then thinking about how these community members can impact that. Wow, great. Yeah, it, it does sound quite complicated. It sounds absolutely fascinating. Um, Thank you. So I guess, I guess my final question is really... Um, how, whether writing this review has actually influenced your own research, and if so, how? Absolutely, I would say so. Um, I would say probably in two ways. The first is that, you know, I wrote it, or I started writing it quite early in my graduate career, and I think um, having the opportunity to do that got me very excited about so many different types of questions that, you know, I will not be able to address uh, nearly all of them in my PhD, but just knowing these types of questions that I'm excited by and want to work on um, has influenced, you know, how I continue out my work. And then more concretely, um, thinking about the specific mechanism of predation that I wrote about in the review, when I was designing my um, thesis work, I didn't include any effects of predation in my snail system. I, I already had a lot going on with competition um, didn't feel like I needed to explore any other mechanisms, but the more I've been working in the system, the more it's clear that um, non-hosts who are predators might be influencing, of course, both host density, but also potentially the size structure across different sites. And so as a result, I've kind of added a whole different area to my thesis work, looking at predators um, in endemic transmission sites in Tanzania and thinking about how that can change transmission in the system. And I don't think I would have felt confident to do that without having done this work. Great. Yeah, it's a it's a good advert for writing a review at the start of your PhD. Absolutely. Yeah, get really, really thinking about things. And I it, it looks from reading the review, it looks like you've identified quite a lot of avenues for future research to keep you going well beyond your PhD as well. To keep uh, 40, 50 different people going, I think, for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, thank you so much um, for chatting with me today. Um, I, think, I think I've learned quite a bit about parasites um, and it's been really interesting. Um, so, yeah, please do um, check out Kelsey's um, review in functional ecology. Uh, re-emphasizing mechanism in the community ecology of infectious disease and all the very best with your PhD research. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to be here. Great. Thank you.